We've had some odd moments and stories here on States of Mind, Brian, over the past couple of months. But I think I've got one to top it all. Do tell, do tell. Yeah, just when you thought 2020 had no surprises left. Biden beauty has entered the stage uh, of 2020. It's like the name of a horse. What in the world is Biden beauty? What is that? So... This is the latest beauty venture with Biden's name all over it. And all proceeds will benefit the DNC and the Biden-Harris campaign, obviously. They are selling the most expensive beauty blenders I've ever heard of for more than $20. So they're the little, if you can imagine, they're like little sponges that you put your makeup on. Oh, I was going to ask, what's a beauty blender? Is this? Yeah. Is it like a liquidizer? What is it? Your daughters aren't in teenage years yet, no, They're not there yet. I, I need to know this terminology. Yes, You'll for the future, know it absolutely. But apparently Biden Beauty, they're also going to have sweatshirts, tote bags, buttons, pins, all with the candidate's name on them, with the phrase, America is beautiful. Oh my goodness me. There it's you go. Impressive. So branded beauty products. That is the next thing. I really yeah, we've spoken in the past about all these 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 merchandise and these products that mm. the campaigns bring out. Um let's have a look. I'm just here on the tr- Oh, here's a new one on the Trump one. Ah, <laughs> you love this. A workers for Trump hard hat. So you can get your construction hard hat emblazoned with Donald Trump. The difference. Beauty blenders for Biden, construction hats for Donald Trump. I mean, Donald <laughs> Trump, just for balance, I think he should debut a beauty line. And I can compare both candidates' products. Uh, there's definitely a joke in there about tanning. Tanning, tanning line tan, for Trump. Tan lines, hairspray. The guy is a walking ad for beauty or maybe an anti-ad for beauty. I don't know. But either way, yeah, definitely there's something there for the Trump campaign, I think, too. From RTE News, this is States of Mind. I am your president of law and order. You won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. All groups should practice self-monitoring and remain peaceful. This administration has shown it will tear our democracy down. May history be able to say that the end of this chapter of American darkness began here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet to come. Your U.S. election 2020 podcast. With Brian O'Donovan in Washington. And Jackie Fox in Dublin. Today. And what I've learned is that negative personal attacks have no place in public life. Is adultery no longer a big deal? I, for one, believe that the Seventh Commandment, contained in the Ten Commandments, is still a big deal. In the streets of Oakland, marching and shouting for this thing called justice in a struggle that continues today. Correct as best I can. I do want you to be honest. I'm not able to uh, be rushed this fast. It makes me nervous. Right, we're going to ignore Donald Trump and Joe Biden for this episode as best as we can and switch our focus to the two lawyers who are going head to head in this race too, both with totally different outlooks on life. Yes, this is all about the Veep stakes. I did not make that up, by the way, I stole that. It's all about the Veep stakes. It's all about the Veeps. We're looking at the vice presidential candidates this week, Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Since this is our Mike Pence and Kamala Harris episode for fairness and balance like a match referee, let's see who we should go with first with a toss of a coin. I don't know. Do you actually have a coin, Brian? I forgot to Does tell you. Does anyone use coins anymore? <laughs> yeah, because uh, Hang on. I, may, I think I may have one in the drawer. One second. Okay. Hang on. I do. I have 
What is that? Do you have a nickel? Quarter. Oh. It's a dime and a nickel and a quarter. No, this is a quarter. Oh, it has a moose on it. It's a Canadian. What the <laughs> heck is that thing? Sorry, I'm going to go again. That's a Canadian quarter. My God, this thing is like a bureau de change in the office. <laughs> what is that? What are you? You are in God we trust. Well, they all say that. This is a five cents, which makes it a nickel. So here we go. Heads okay. or tails with the nickel. Okay, heads for is... Mike Pence. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Call it. I was about to say which it was, and we hadn't said which was which. So Pence is heads. And it's come up heads. Oh, so fantastic. go first with Mike Pence. Brilliant. So Columbus, Indiana, known for being a small city with modern architecture and public art, and also Mike Pence. Absolutely. Michael Richard Pence, born in 1959 into an Irish Catholic family. We'll be talking a lot in this episode about his Irish roots. He was one of six children of Nancy and Edward Pence, who was a U.S. Army veteran who operated a series of gas stations. He was the younger brother of Greg Pence, who's an American businessman, and also went on to be a congressman in 2019. All four of the Pence boys were altar boys at their local church, and they attended the local parochial school. They went to church six days a week, sometimes seven, when they were serving on Saturday Mass. I grew up on the front row of the American dream. My grandfather immigrated to this country. I was raised in a small town in southern Indiana in a big family with a cornfield in the backyard. Although we weren't really a political family, the heroes of my youth were President John F. Kennedy and the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. When I was young, I watched my mom and dad build everything that matters, a family, a business, and a good name. I was raised to believe in hard work, in faith, and family. My dad, Ed Pence, was a combat veteran in Korea. And surprisingly, I, I suppose, like many Irish Catholic families in the 60s, and there are still some JFK black and white portraits hanging around houses in Ireland somewhere, Mike Pence grew up idolising former president JFK. Yeah, and I think when we go through Mike Pence's life, you're going to see a few twists and turns. We all have an image of what he is now, the kind of person he is, his beliefs, systems, his politics, but... That really changed and evolved over the years. He grew up idolizing JFK and even voted for Jimmy Carter back in 1980. He volunteered for the Bartholomew County Democratic Party as a student at Columbus North High School. But as the 80s went on, things changed. He became far more devoted to his faith when he was a student at Hanover College, and he became a born-again evangelical Catholic and moved from being inspired to JFK to being inspired by Ronald Reagan. And at that Hanover College, Jackie, he had a quite a famous classmate. Who? Woody Harrelson. What? Of Cheers fame and many other movies. That is so random. Also went to Hanover College, and they were classmates. You, where'd you go to college? Hanover College. Hanover College. Yeah. Mike Pence was a student at Hanover College while you were there. Yes, that's true. And you knew him? I know him. Yeah. Yeah. We're both very religious. It was a Presbyterian (laughs) college at the time. Uh And I was there on a Presbyterian scholarship. And he was involved with the, you know, church activities. When you say you were there on a Presbyterian scholarship, you you were so good at being Presbyterian, they... (laughs) They drafted you and gave you a, co- a scholarship? No, I was actually considering being a minister, and then I just kind of went a different way. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and then, so what are your... Do you, have, uh, do you have any memories of 
young, a young Mike Pence? Like, were you guys hanging out together? You know what? I remember. I, I actually quite liked him. I, I thought he was a pretty good guy. You know, he's very, you know, very religious, very uh, committed. I see. Uh, so, you know, seeing as how I'm not quite in that uh, ballpark now, I don't, I don't know how we'd get along. Uh-huh. Because uh, I think he's still quite religious. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That is so random. Oh, and after his time in college, Mike Pence graduated with a BA in history, moved to Indianapolis in 1983 to attend law school. And that's where he met Karen Batten in 1985. She was a former primary school teacher and was involved in youth-related NGOs. They got married and they went on to have three children together. And apparently after Karen and Mike Pence started dating, she bought a gold cross with the word yes engraved on it and kept it in her purse until he proposed. Uh, so then after that graduation, his political career began. Even though he went into private practice after college, he became involved in the Republican Party and ran for Congress in 1988 and 1990, losing both times. The way he was balancing his religious beliefs and his political life was something very new for him, Brian, and it's something that he had to figure out. And he struggled with parts of it, Jackie. Yeah, particularly, he didn't like these attack ads that are such a big deal here in the US and we see them all the time during election campaigns. They're on constantly at the moment from both the Biden side and the Trump side. He did not like using attack ads. And in 1991, he wrote an essay called Confessions of a Negative Campaigner and vowed that he would preach a positive message from then on. I wonder how he would feel about the not-so-positive messages he's involved in now. But anyways, carry on, because his profile continued to grow even though he didn't win those seats for Congress. Yeah, he decided to go down your and my route. He went into the world of journalism and broadcasting, failed politician, turned talk radio host. And he had The Mike Pence Show, and he described himself as the Rush Limbaugh on decaf. Mike Pence! Carl, with your take on it, uh, was justice served in the case of Kelly Flynn. Is adultery no longer a big deal in Indiana and in America? And just love to know your thoughts, because I, I for one, believe that the Seventh Commandment, contained in the Ten Commandments, is still a big deal. It's the most important promise you'll ever make. And holding people accountable to those promises and, and holding people accountable to respecting the promises that other people make. I, I, to me, what, what could possibly be a bigger deal? That sounds great, Jackie. I think we could use that jingle on this podcast. What do you think? Would let's, that work? Let's steal it. Let's go for it. <laughs> now, what made him stand out as a radio presenter was that he was very conservative and he supported all of that agenda, but he was also noticed for having a level head manner and willingness to listen to opposing views. Here in the US, some of these conservative talk show hosts are really aggressive and full on and will only shout their own opinions. But Mike Pence as a presenter seen as a little bit more level-headed and a little bit more even. He then went on to become a morning show TV host in 1995. I was thinking about this. Could we imagine him on Ireland AM on TV3? Over and out to Mike Pence with the Odlums lady in the kitchen or out to the garden. How do you think he'd do? <laughs> but with that established profile that he got from TV, that he got from radio as this conservative, level-headed commentator, he ran again for Congress in 2000. Our campaign this year has committed itself to talking about Mike Pence and what Mike Pence believes. I've learned a lot in the last 10 years. I've seen my children born, I've built a business, 
And what I've learned is that negative personal attacks have no place in public life. Whether my opponents agree with me or not, we're committed to running a positive, issue-oriented campaign. Folks want to hear what you're for. They don't want to hear about who you're against. I'm Mike Pence, and I ask for your support to serve Indiana in Congress. He ended up winning re-election five times and climbing the Republican leadership ranks along the way, eventually being elected governor of Indiana in 2013. Yes, and then of course he was catapulted onto the national and international spotlight and became a household name after Donald Trump picked him to be his running mate. Donald Trump officially announces his running mate in a tweet. I'm pleased to announce that I have chosen Governor Mike Pence as my vice presidential running mate. Pence landed in New York City overnight as Trump took to Fox News. Mike has done a great job as governor of Indiana. You look at the numbers and it's been a great, you know, he's done really a fantastic job. Back in 2016, Mike Pence was actually supporting Ted Cruz for president, but team Trump thought of Pence as a good pick because of his ties to congressional leaders and because of this conservative position he held. And he was popular among the evangelicals and popular among the conservatives. And Donald Trump really needed that to take away this rougher image. And you'll recall one of the big scandals that hit Donald Trump during the 2016 campaign right before the election were the Access Hollywood tapes where he was heard bragging about groping women. And the story was that that really, really bothered Mike Pence. And he contemplated pulling out at that point and wanted no longer to be involved with Donald Trump. But he decided to stick with him. And the rest, as they say, is history. They went on to win the election. Who knew that this would probably be the start of him putting out more fires over the coming years, even arguably coming out as the defender of Donald Trump during his uh, Donald Trump's administration or even Donald Trump's translator being branded as that because people would apparently misinterpret what the president means. For instance, he defended Donald Trump on his ban on immigrants from Muslim countries, among many things. During his vice presidency, Mike Pence was really seen as bringing a bit of stability to the president. Yeah, and we've spoken about this before, that usually a vice president that can go a bit mad and be a bit unpresidential and give all the attack lines, and then the president is the level-headed statesman. This was the opposite relationship. Donald Trump would be the one barking out the crazy lines, tweeting out the crazy tweets, and then Mike Pence was the calm-down-in-chief and telling everybody to calm down and take a breath and trying to reduce the tensions Also loyal, very loyal, loyal to a T, never criticised the president, always sticks by his side. And Donald Trump, of course, is all about loyalty. And Pence fostered strong relationships with men who preceded him, including Joe Biden. He used to talk to him once a month. He also used to meet with the previous vice president, Dick Cheney. Of course, Mike Pence got a big job this year off Donald Trump to be the head of his coronavirus task force. Some of the conspiracy theorists out there saying, oh, he was just doing that to setting him up to fail. Because, of course, there's this constant undercurrent and rumour here in Washington, Jackie, that for a while Donald Trump wanted to get rid of Mike Pence and replace Mm. him with someone else, like a Nikki Haley or somebody that he thought would do better on the polls and look better on the ticket. It didn't happen. He stuck with Pence. Pence has stuck with Trump. And he's come to his rescue at times. There was a problem at one stage confirming a rather controversial education secretary, Betsy DeVos, They didn't have the votes in the Senate to confirm her, but the vice president came in and cast the deciding vote to get over the line. We've mentioned it a couple of times so far about Mike Pence's devotion um, to his faith. So let's go into more detail in relation to that, because he's described himself as a Christian, a conservative and a Republican in that order. Yes, and religion plays a huge part in his conservative beliefs. He was very popular with the Tea Party movement. It's important to talk about this because his evangelical Christianity really is the driving force behind his political agenda. And as we mentioned, it was a big, big factor when it came to Donald Trump choosing him because it gave Donald Trump a big boost among evangelical Christians. 
And before we go into the political agenda, you can see it from his social and his family life. During Mike Pence's days on Capitol Hill, he would not attend events without his wife if alcohol was being served. This was to reportedly avoid any infidelity, temptations or even rumours of impropriety. And other rules included requiring that any aide who had to work late or assist him, they had to be male, meaning that he's not alone with any woman that isn't his wife. Yeah, and doesn't he call her mother, which is always a little bit confusing. He speaks about mother as his mm-hmm. wife, and then he also talks about his mother, who is an Irish-American, American. we're going yeah. to talk about it in a little while. So it all gets very confusing. And in relation then to his political agenda, you that the evangelical Christianity coming through. After the inauguration, he spoke for this big March for Life anti-abortion rally here in Washington, D.C. He has denied federal funds to planned parenthood. He's made it legal for religious conservatives to refuse to serve gay couples. He's come under fire for his stance against same-sex marriage and the repeal of the don't ask, don't tell rule. This is where gay members of the military had to hide their sexuality or risk expulsion from the military. His wife also came under fire in 2019, quite recently, when she resumed teaching at what's been described as an anti-LGBT school. Uh, In an interview with a Catholic TV network, Mr Pence said it amounted to an attack on religious education. And that's really why all eyes were on Leo Varadkar when he went to Washington for St Patrick's Day celebrations once he became Taoiseach. I remember this so well. It was such a big deal. Leo Varadkar was meeting Donald Trump. Of course, always a big deal. And that's what everybody was talking about. But on the sidelines, you had Leo Varadkar meeting Mike Pence. Mm. And that was actually the meeting, Jackie, I remember, that was attracting a lot of the US media attention. Because you had this politician, Mike Pence, with very controversial, conservative views on LGBT rights. And here you had this gay prime minister coming over from Europe to meet him. So there was a huge level of focus on this. Everybody was going to be watching that meeting. The night before the meeting, it was announced that no media would be allowed. This was a break with tradition. So what happens here every St. Patrick's Day is that, as we know, the Taoiseach has this packed agenda. He will meet with Donald Trump twice at the White House, two separate meetings. He'll go up to Capitol Hill, Nancy Pelosi or whoever the speaker is at the time for a meeting there. He'll hand over the back to the White House in the evening, hands over the bowl of shamrock, all the jazz. But the first event of the day is always a trip to the Naval Observatory. The Naval Observatory is this beautiful compound outside Washington, just in the kind of Georgetown West area of Washington. Lots of different military facilities, lots of different mansions, and the biggest, nicest mansion in the middle of this compound is the vice president's residence. You're brought up as the media, we're screen-checked in the morning, 6 a.m., crack of dawn, because it's a breakfast meeting between the Taoiseach and the vice president. You're brought through security. I remember the last time we had to hang around by the swimming pool, as you do. Ooh. It was covered over, of course, because of the depths of March. It was bloody freezing. But it's this amazing old mansion. You wait by the pool. Then you're brought into the room. And then the Taoiseach is there meeting with the vice president. Jakey Handy's speech, usual jazz. But controversially, that first year... No media allowed. And Leo Varadkar had said that he would be raising the issue of LGBT Mm. rights. So the big suggestion was that they kicked the media out because they didn't want the embarrassment. But after the meeting, the Pence side and the Irish side were quick to say, lovely meeting, very warm. And Mike Pence invited Leo Varadkar and his partner, Matt Barrett, to both come back next year once again for another meeting. Fast forward to 2019. Yes, this time the media was allowed in, and this time Matt Barrett, Taoiseach's partner, was with them. And they went into the room, they did the usual chat, they had the breakfast, and in Leo Varadkar's speech, 
he didn't hold back. And he made reference to the fact that he is very lucky to now live in a country and now live in a world where he is judged on his political beliefs, but not on the colour of his skin or his sexuality. Now, I remember at the time when they had this meeting, the big question was, well, where is your wife, Karen? She was actually out of the country at the time on Special Olympics duty, so she missed that meeting. But again, it led to some sort of suggestion of maybe she didn't want to be there, the photo op, the controversy, whatever else. But all of that was put to bed when, in fact, Mike Pence and his wife, Karen, joined Leo Varadkar and Matt Barrett for lunch at Farmley House in Dublin during his visit to Ireland in 2019. And with that Irish mention, Mike Pence was clearly influenced politically from his Irish Catholic family. While the church played an important role in his family life, he was also and is incredibly proud of that Irish ancestry too. In addition to my wife and kids, the person who shaped my life the most is also with us tonight. My mom, Nancy. She is the daughter of an Irish immigrant, 87 years young. And mom follows politics very closely. And the truth be told, sometimes I think I'm actually her second favorite candidate on the Trump-Pence ticket. Yeah, Jackie, there he was during the uh, RNC, the Republican Convention speech, making reference to his Irish roots. He paid a two-day visit to Ireland back in September 2019. It was controversial, if you'll recall, because he stayed at Trump Doonbeg. And the big question mark was, and it certainly made a lot of headlines over here in the US, should he be staying in a Trump property at the expense of US taxpayers? But his roots are in Doonbeg. He also has roots in Tubbercurry, County Sligo. Mike Pence is named after his grandfather, Richard Michael Cawley. He immigrated from Tubbercurry, County Sligo to Chicago in 1923, where he became a bus driver. Now, Mike Pence first visited Ireland in 1981, where he was a student. As we said, he has Irish roots. He visited his ancestral home in Doombay, County Clare, and in Sligo. He brought his entire family to visit Ireland in 2013, including his three children, he said that the visit left a lasting impression on him. Little did he know that he would return as Vice President of the United States to Doonbeg County Clare. Well, there's one man, Brian, who knows about all of this too well. Hugh McNally from Doonbeg in County Clare knows exactly about Mike Pence's Clare connections. So, Hugh, where do you come into this Mike Pence family tree and what are his connections to County Clare? So um, my great-great-grandmother and Mike's great-grandmother were sisters and both came from the village of Doombeg, um, right right where we have the pub Morrissey's and right across the road was my grandmother's home and both my great-great-grandmother and his great-grandmother both came out of that house, which is still in the family, I'm happy to say. And it's something that he has a really, or a place that he has a really strong connection to, Hugh. He's visited Doonbeg on several occasions. No, he, he really, really does. Um, I've The first time I met him was in the 90s when he was here. And then he was here in 2003 when he was the governor of Indiana. And then, of course, he was here last year for the most infamous visit um, whilst he was vice president. Um and his mom, Nancy, has been here on several occasions. So when she came over last year with him, um, with Mike's other sister, Annie, it was just it was just great to see like 
his mom Nancy for him to be able to bring her over is absolutely fantastic and great to see her again I hadn't seen her since uh, the early 90s you mentioned that the word infamous and infamous visit like what do you make of all the controversies when Trump comes to Dunbeg when Pence comes to Dunbeg the tweets the drama the scandal like as a relative of his and as someone who's met him personally do you take it all in your stride does it bother you do you have a view yourself on the whole politics of it all well, we we just know them from like as I say I've I've, I've met the vice president which we we call him Mike and we we've met him a bunch of times and he's just a really approachable really really nice guy so the the whole fact that he is the vice president it's almost lost on us you know when he came last September it was funny you'd have the White House staff and you'd have all the Secret Service surrounding and say. There was a cavalcade of 63 cars, I think it was in total. And he said he's going to be an X car and he's going to come out and it's going to be all choreographed. And But as soon as he got out of the car, he came over and we just we, we embraced each other. And he just talked normally and said, can I go over and talk to the crowd? I'll talk to all the locals. So, you know, the fact that he's vice president is almost lost on us. But uh, obviously it's uh, it, it, it's nice that he's still that he is vice president with a connection of the of the village of Doombeg and still always likes to come back. He mentioned his Irish roots, actually, in his big acceptance speech at the Republican National Convention. Do you think his Irish roots are important to him? Does it influence him? Is it part of his belief system? Is it part of his day-to-day -day life? I, I absolutely do believe it's important to him. Like the, 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 when his, To bring his mom over, that was the, the greatest thing, to be able to bring her down to Doombeg. And his mom is, is a hilarious woman. She loves her Irish roots, and she instilled that love on, on all her kids. His, Mike's brother Greg was over uh, in 2017, um, so she's constantly trying to send as many as the family over. Another um, nephew of Mike, John Pence, who actually works on the Trump campaign, um, he was over here twice in the between. I think it was 2012 and before he took over his, or took up a post on the campaign. So they, she, Nancy would always be sending me emails saying this cousin is going over to Ireland, look after them. So she's always trying to send people over. And so, and, and that comes across on Mike as well, certainly did in, in the last visit. Can you take us back to the 90s there, Hugh, um, when Mike Pence visited? Can you paint a picture for us? What was it like? What, what were you up to when you met? Um, well, I was, uh, I was about nine or 10. So my memory is a little bit, uh, a little bit gone on it but uh like when they came over they were your american cousins it was always so nice to to see them they they got such a kick out of coming over here ireland maybe it was it was uh it's probably evolved as a country in those 20 years but it was just great um when they come over they bring over you know memorabilia of like say the chicago bears or the la lakers they'd be bringing over all these t-shirts and for us in ireland and in, in the you know in the early 90s it was like wow this is fantastic so we're we were always welcome welcoming the american relatives over with the presents that they bought so it was we got a good kick out of it was there shock that he became vice president that this guy who was probably pulling pints in the pub uh in the 90s chatting to locals would then 20 years later 30 years later oh, become yeah, uh, vice president that's huge. Like in, in when he was the last time he was over before he became vice president was in August 2013. And he he, he was actually staying in what was Doombeg Golf Club. It was taken over the following February by uh, the Trump organization. So he came over with his family. He was staying in the resort. You know, he, he met a point of the two nights he was in Doombeg. He wanted to come down to Doombeg and he wanted to meet my mom and my brothers and 
you know, mad to meet the family and just anxious to meet them and just to show. And he actually came over. He was with his his kids. Um, he was with Audrey and Charlotte and Michael Jr. So they were all over with him. So really, really wanted to show them the Irish heritage. So you know, it was nice to see. It was great. So li- little did we know that, you know, I think was it 18 months later that he'd be running for vice president with mm. the 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 person that owns the the resort two miles away so like a double whammy for the village of Doonbeg. It really is unbelievable. I remember a lot of Americans saying, "Oh yeah, Mike Pence going to Doonbeg. That's because of Trump." And people to say, "No, actually, by weird coincidence, he does have his family roots in exactly the same place." Do you follow the news? Do you follow the election? I mean, what are your thoughts? Trump, Pence, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. Do you have views on American politics, or presumably they're <laughs> coloured by your own family connections? I, 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 I wouldn't be such a fan that I would stay up till two o'clock in the morning uh, the other the, the other day. But um, no, like. I, I, I try and stay away from that. I, I you know, to when we sat down and had dinner last uh, last year when when Mike Pence was over, you know, it was just he just talked candidly about he, he's he's a a Republican man. That's what he he loves the party. He, I think at one stage he went to be leader of the party, but you know he just believes in in it. And you know I I, I think that you know there's he's to, he's genuine about it. He's he's a people he's he's a really really good politician he's for the people that's what i think anyway you know he's you know he works so hard like to, to the week that he was over here i think he was he was over in poland then he went to iceland he went to england he was in ireland like all the work that he does i don't think that he, he certainly doesn't do it for the limelight i really do believe he believes in it and most importantly can he pull a good pint of guinness and does he still know how he he absolutely can pull, pull a good pint of guinness actually when he was over um when, when he was over that that uh that time in September, he that we we were pre-booked for a for a pre-wedding in the restaurant, but the the meal had to come forward because he he was meant to come on a Friday, but he ended up coming on a Tuesday because he had to go to uh, Poland. But I had a pre-wedding party for an American wedding couple that were due in on the Tuesday night, so the two dinners co- coincided with each other, which was a bit of a nightmare for the Secret Service and the White House staff. But I did ask him at dinner, I said, you're, you're coming for dinner on Tuesday now. I do have a party and like I don't want to mess these people around. And I said, will you go and meet the, uh, the the bride and groom from the party? And he said it would be my greatest pleasure. And he went and he spent about 15 minutes talking to there must have been about 40 of them in the in the dinner. And he just spent 15 minutes talking to everyone, getting photos like he was a very, very approachable guy. It was lovely to see it. And I, I do know that the wedding party were very who, who were. Democrats might. Uh, I was going to say, were you saying, please don't they, be Democrats? They, please no, don't be no, Democrats. They were <laughs> they, they, they Democrats. I can assure you that. But but they were they, they were very grateful and very thankful, and they loved the whole uh, the whole experience. But it was great. And then when when Donald Trump came over in in June, I was sitting in my office, and all the guards were around. I'm sure you you, you were over that week uh, yourself, Brian. But there, there was Remember a large well, guard yeah, pre- presence yeah, around yeah, yeah. around the village. I was just sitting in my office and the phone rings and like I'm just thinking that it's somebody trying to book a table or something and it's hey Hugh it's Mike I'm calling from the White House um my boss is in town any chance you'll go up to the uh, up to the golf course and walk a hole with him and introduce yourself to him so that was fantastic to to be given the opportunity to that and then meeting me, meeting the man himself was uh was yeah, great fun what was well. that like um so basically I just I, I I get brought out onto the onto the golf course and I walk uh, two holes with them and he just says, you're Mike Pence's uh, cousin. He said, your, your hair isn't as gray as his. You probably don't work as hard as him. He's a really hard working guy. But the, the thing I take away from, 
from meeting him is that when he came off the 18th green, there was about 25 of the, of the greenkeeping staff and they were all waving him goodbye. And he, the, the Secret Service people were trying to usher him onto the uh, chopper. And he said, no, I want all these guys to come down and I want to shake all their hand to tell them what a great job they've done in the golf course. So that was nice. These are the things that you don't... Uh, that you don't see, um, but it was nice to just kind of experience it firsthand and see it. You, that was great. Thank you so much for speaking with us. I really appreciate you taking Perfect. the time. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. guys. Okay. Okay, bye. Check okay. you soon. Thank bye -bye. you. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. Imagine Mike Pence turning up at your wedding in Clare. How would you feel about that, Jackie? You were due to get married there and you had to move it because of the, 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 the coronavirus. What yeah. if Mike Pence had turned up on your wedding day as you're cutting the cake in rocks, Mike Pence? That would be certainly a story for the for, for, for Well, the he'd books. definitely Look, overshadow you, the bride. Can I just say that? He would so definitely overshadow. <laughs> Overshadow the bride, and we've another over problem. We've run way over time. Our Mike Pence episode has become all consuming. It was supposed to be two, one long episode of Mike Pence, Kamala Harris. I think we're moving into splitting this into two episodes. What do you think? Absolutely. So let's take a break. This is going to be officially part one, and let's go to part two then for Kamala Harris because we have someone really interesting to actually two people to speak to on that podcast as well, and we want to give them a bit of time. Yeah, we're going to talk to people back in India. Of course, Kamala Harris of Indian heritage. We're going to speak to people in India, family members, journalists there, about how she is regarded. And that will be in the next episode of States of Mind.